0: All right, back to Philippians chapter number one. And uh, again, I'm looking forward uh, to uh, this theme. I'm also looking forward to just digging into uh, the book of Philippians uh, in detail. We'll be doing that on Wednesday uh, evenings uh, and uh, just really um, uh, pulling it apart uh, layer by layer uh, and going through verse by verse and uh, on Wednesday night. So do encourage you to be out for our Wednesday Bible studies uh, as well. Uh, throughout uh, the year. Uh, and um, I, I was thinking about uh, th- a little bit before I was talking about the theme or whatever, my wife, we were looking at the uh, the logo, and she goes, you picked Harley colors, uh, is what okay. she said. Uh, and uh, they're not, I promise you. Uh, that's not why. And she says, well, uh, like, uh, um, we haven't had those colors. We did more excellent, in my defense, uh, our more excellent theme uh, had these same colors. We don't have that cup ourselves, personally. She goes, we don't have that cup, and so I've got to go find one of those. Uh, and uh, just to save face a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but it's not Harley-Davidson colors. It happens to kind of be, but it's, that wasn't the reason. So I just want to put that out there uh, if, uh, if you think, uh, like my wife does, uh, that I'm preoccupied uh, with those types of things. But, um, but the theme itself uh, is something that I believe, as I mentioned a moment ago, that's super important uh, for our church. Now, the church at Philippi, Uh, And and again, we're going to be going through this on Wednesday nights. Uh, each you know verse by verse, and so I don't want to preach the whole book um, uh, today. Uh, but uh, I will touch on some things by way of introduction. Give us a couple points here, uh, right at the end, uh, in reference to uh, the theme kind of direction. And I'll also lay out. I have here um, my mind map, if that's what you want to call it, uh, that has all these things that I've laid out for the course of the year. Uh, we'll give you some of the themes and the topics and or directions in preaching uh, that I would have, but. Uh, the church at Philippi faced um, three types of problems uh, in the first uh, century. Uh, first is that they faced persecution. Uh, we talked about that with the church of uh, Colossae. Even this last week, uh, there were um, um, uh, false teachers, of course, uh, which is the second problem. They were threatened by uh, at Philippi was also false teaching, asceticism, the Gnosticism uh, that the church at Colossae was facing, many of them at that time, and it infiltrated uh, the churches. And so they were, they were faced with persecution from, uh, from the Jews and those outside uh, of the church that weren't saved, the, the government, uh, the, the local, uh, local government as well. Uh, and uh, it's been the case for churches since the beginning uh, of time, uh, problems from without or facing difficulty persecution from the world, uh, which I believe the local church faces uh, today more than it has uh, in the past. And so part of our theme uh, for the year would be dealing with apologetics or defense of the faith. How do we stand? Uh, for truth and right in the middle uh, of uh, the onslaught of those things. Uh, you say, well, we're not facing a lot of persecution. And I'll put it this way. One of the reasons Berean Baptist Church is not facing a lot of persecution from the world is because we're not pushing it hard enough. Um, every, every church that takes a stand, whether it was through the uh, coronavirus and in our defense uh, through the coronavirus, my kind of take on all of that was uh, we just want to be able to, uh, to have church and be left alone. And so I purposely didn't poke uh, the government in the eyes uh, and uh, force them to, you know, come in and uh, give us a difficult time or define us or whatever. Uh, so there are times where, where you try to walk in wisdom or you, uh, you, you, you take a direction so that we can live peaceably. Uh, and in 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 godliness and live our lives for the Lord, uh, but uh, but the persecution uh, that churches uh, that have it uh, or um, they see that in their life as a church is because um, they're they're basically advocates for or uh, they are um, they're out there in preaching the gospel and stirring up the you know stirring the pot if you will uh, and uh, so we haven't had a lot of it because. Uh, we're not, our footprint uh, is not what it ought to be and should be because God says that we're going to be persecuted uh, in this world. So the fact that we're not being persecuted uh, by the world, uh, to me, is an indication that we're not trying hard enough. Uh, and uh, so part of uh, my goals uh, for our church uh, is to be more active uh, in those, uh, the things that God has called the local church to do. Uh, and as a, a direct result of that will be a God-giving increase, as He does and promises that He'll build His church. Uh, but all through the Bible, uh, the churches that grew and were blessed were the ones that, that suffered uh, persecution. You say, you want us to be persecuted. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that, uh, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that it's necessary uh, for, for God to bless and for to grow. That's what I want. And if it, if it has to come through uh, suffering, uh, then, uh, then so be it. Because if that's the only route, uh, then, uh, then I want that as a church. So the church at Philippi, a lot of the first century churches, they faced persecution from outside the church. The second thing was that they were threatened by false teachers I mentioned a moment ago. And then the third thing that they struggled with at Philippi was conflicts um, within uh, between one another, and uh, Paul um, uh, mentions uh, in the book of Philippi uh, two ladies in particular that um, whatever it was, they couldn't get past the conflict uh, that they were having, uh, and uh, and so he he deals with those uh, those three different um, uh, problems. So some years earlier, just after. Paul had planted the church uh, in Philippi. Uh, he encountered um, a, a great resistance in the city of Thessalonica, uh, which there were also churches that were planted there. We read in Acts chapter number 17 uh, and, uh, and that the, the Jews were angry and they accused Paul of, of, and other believers of, of violating uh, Roman law. I love how Paul... Uh, would pull the Roman card uh, that he was a Roman citizen uh, out from time to time and leverage that. I I believe that was an important uh, apologetic or a uh, a strategy that Paul uh, employed uh, during uh, this first century. Uh, So Paul was forced to flee uh, in the the Thessalonican uh, area. Uh, and in, uh, uh, you know, to uh, you know, the areas around there. And uh, the second problem that they faced was the false teaching. Uh, and the Bible, look, in fact, looked at Philippians chapter number three, uh, if you would, quickly. The Bible says this in Philippians three, verses one through three, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. It said, Beware of dogs, uh, beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision, for we are uh, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. And so um, uh, Paul was concerned that uh, false teachers uh, who at that time advocated the abuses of circumcision uh, might trouble the Philippian church. And part of remember all the Bible is written to us is uh, written for us, not to us, uh, and uh, he is dealing with Jews uh, in the first century church who were, were having the Gentile Christians, those who were born again, follow Jewish customs, circumcision, one of them, but also uh, the dietary laws and ceremonial laws uh, that, uh, that, they, that they were um, saved from. Uh, and Paul dealt with that in great detail. Uh, throughout the New Testament. uh, And uh, he condemned uh, that teaching uh, in Philippians 3, verse 18 and 19. He says, For many uh, walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, uh, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. So Paul uh, dealt with, uh, with this problem very directly with the church at Philippi, uh, and uh, his language uh, here describes could describe any number uh, of false teachers uh, and teachings that were there. Um, but uh, we talked even uh, recently from the church at uh, Colossae, uh, the Lycus Valley there. There was uh, Greek, uh, Greek philosophy mixed in with asceticism and Gnosticism, uh, and it was just a big mixture. And it's the problem that we have in modern Christianity today where we want, uh, we want our faith, uh, but we want, it, we want it kind of mixed in with our culture. Uh, and, and when you do that, um, culture seems to take over. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I was talking with someone the other day about uh, church planting uh, or churches. One of the things that irks me uh, and uh, I've got um, many pet peeves, <laughs> uh, but uh, one of them is when uh, a young pastor uh, takes a traditional conservative church and turns it liberal and progressive. Right. Um, and uh, it's just like that's what they—if that's how they want to be and they want to do that—then then then go start a church. Or, or you never you never hear this. Hey, brother Reno, I'm going to be taking, I'm going to take a Bible church or a non-denominational church and I'm going to turn it Baptist. I'm going to go in there. They don't believe. They're just all over the place. And I'm going to go in there. They're crazy and they're liberal and progressive and their doctrine is way off. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get in there and uh, and teach them and uh, to be conservative and Bible believers. Uh, and uh, and that's what we're gonna. They never do that uh, because it's easier to take a church downward. Uh, than it is to, to bring it up. Uh, and uh, and so, so it is a, I wish that was the, I don't know that I'd get behind somebody who said I'm going to take a liberal church and do that uh, and because uh, you kind of know what would, will take place. Uh, we always kind of go to that least common denominator. That the, the, the law in the Bible is that which is holy is always profaned by that which is unholy. And, uh, and so whether it's in our personal relationships, whether it's corporately as a church, um, when, you, when you rub up against something that is unholy, that which is holy is always profane. Uh, and uh, you, you have, there's a greater chance uh, of you being dirtied uh, by the world than you clean the world up. All right, uh, And that's just a principle uh, in the Word of God, a law, if you will, that you find throughout that. And so the troubles with persecution and false teaching... And then there is conflicts, um, as I mentioned, among the believers. In Philippians chapter number 2, um, uh, he, he kind of he exhorts them in general terms this way in verses 1 through 3. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, glory, but in a lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. And and so we will at one point on Wednesday nights be in there, but we'll also, uh, I'll be preaching from uh, parts like this, uh, where God laid out so many truths and principles uh, for uh, exhorting them and also us to love each other. Uh, to be like-minded and one accord, one mind. We're to have the mind of Christ, uh, but uh, there's supposed to be a unity of mind uh, in church. Uh, That comes through, obviously, the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, But um, but we don't want to ever be a church. No no local church should ever be a church that's just being pulled in all kinds of different directions. Uh, And uh, it should always be the Lord's church, and doing the Lord's work, the Lord's way, as he's laid out in the Bible. And, and, uh, and as a pastor, uh, an under-shepherd, uh, then I'm always uh, on the lookout for, uh, whether it's false teaching uh, or you know, false teachers, uh, problems, difficulties from without, but also uh, from within. And it isn't, uh, please understand, it isn't because I just want uh, peace because in the presence of peace, uh, there's not a whole lot of problems to to deal with. Um, that's a benefit, but that's not the reason. Uh, the reason is the purity of the local church, uh, and uh, and for God, uh, God exhorts us uh, to be to to love each other uh, and to be like minded, et cetera. Uh, and uh, and so there was a general exhortation to them. But then in chapter 4, in verse number 2, he exhorted two women uh, who had some, un- you know, they were unable to resolve their differences. Uh, and, uh, and as I've mentioned before in preaching, uh, as Paul, uh, he writes the letter from jail. Uh, it's sent um, uh, by a courier uh, to, to them, uh, the elder of the Philippian church. Uh, like on a time like what we're doing now, it's like, all right, we're gonna read this letter from the Apostle Paul. Uh, and Eodius uh, and, and Syntyche, or however you wanna pronounce her name, they're sitting in there. And, uh, and he says, I beseech Iodias and beseech uh, Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So whatever was going on between those two ladies uh, had gotten all the way to the Apostle Paul uh, in jail. And he, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, Exhorts them by name uh, to get it together um, whatever 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 it was, you know it's like you know they made the same thing for the church potluck uh, i don't know uh, but whatever whatever was going on between those two ladies uh, it was uh, it was notable, uh, it was mentioned, uh, and there's a part it's kind of like uh, you know we don't want to live lives of regret, but I'm sure that uh, that both of those uh, two ladies in heaven are going like, man, I wish we wouldn't have got into it, uh, that Paul had to, had to write uh, about uh, about it in the Bible. Uh, because what you know when you're, you get to heaven, and it's like, uh, hi, it's, uh, I'm Bob uh, Iodius. And you're like, oh, uh, you're one of those ladies. And uh, do you remember? So, so the internal conflicts in Philippi, um, even though they were present, um, it didn't, <clears throat> in their defense, it didn't uh, account to or add up to uh, where Paul had to very harshly, uh, like he did at Corinth, uh, deal with the conflict. But the conflicts that were in Philippi were still disruptive and unproductive uh, and, uh, and sinful. Uh, and just let me put it this way. Self-centered, unloving conflict is never acceptable in the local church. Let me, let me read it again. Self-centered, unloving conflict is never acceptable in the church. Remember, uh, the Bible, he says, let nothing be done with strife or vainglory. Uh, he's already said that in general to them. Uh, but only, um, uh, only by strife comes you know, contention. And, uh, and it's pride is at the root. So I've always, I've always taught it this way, uh, that if, uh, if somebody's got a problem with somebody else in the church, someone's pride or either both of their prides ha- have been offended and, uh, and they, need to, they need to work it out. It's self-centered, it's unproductive, it's sinful, and that's why God lay, uh, puts a, a great premium on unity and forgiveness uh, to one uh, towards another in the Bible, uh, and, uh, and it has to be uh, in the church. Now, I will, if somebody comes to me and says, do you know what Sister So-and-So said to me or whatever? Uh, I'll say, hey, did you, did you go talk to Sister So-and-So? I want to put whoever has the conflict together and hopefully work it out, and I stay out of it. But if it comes to the point where they can't work it out, then I do get involved with it because it's important. Their lives, their prayer lives, personally, there's the danger of bitterness and other things kind of creeping in, and it's a huge problem, and it's poison. Uh, to them personally, and it's poison to the local church. Uh, and uh, and it, it, it gets to the point where, um, where if sin like that uh, is not taken care of, uh, where church discipline has to take, take place, uh, and, uh, and there's been times where I've, uh, as a pastor, it's like, okay, you got to get this. Well, what if we don't work it out? Uh, then, then one of us is going to have to go. But, but think how dumb that is. Uh, how about you just work it out and forgive each other? And um, But uh, in the event that, that, humanly speaking, you try and you try and you work it out and it doesn't work out, um, what's more important as a whole is the unity and peace in this church than it is, is this church is bigger than one person. And, uh, and there may be times as a pastor, it's like, okay, if you can't, if you can't get along, then maybe you're going to have to go find another church because we can't have this conflict. Uh, continuing uh, and going on, uh, and sometimes it's the con- it's conflict towards me or something I can't work out with another individual. Uh, and you try to best. You know, and, and here's the thing. I, I, let me say this: is that whenever whenever I have uh, uh, you know uh, butt heads with somebody about sin or issue or whatever, um, and I try my best to work through it. And hey, is everything okay? Uh, I promise you, going forward, it's never weird for me. It's just never weird for me. Um, I, when you walk into, into church or come on this campus or I see it, I, I, I'm not weirded out by it or whatever. In fact, I'm not even with people who have, uh, who have left our church. I just, I just, I don't want to be weird. And it's not, I don't want to be that way <laughs> uh, around people. Um, but you got to work at that too. Um, the vast majority of times when people leave this church, it's because, because they can't get beyond whatever hurt or problem or difficulty, uh, they can't get beyond it. Um, I, I have, uh, or, uh, or maybe the other person has, uh, but that's just a, um, a, a just plain truth, the <laughs> fact of the matter, uh, is that uh, the vast majority of unresolved conflicts are people who are unwilling to forgive uh, and, uh, and decide that they would just rather not be around uh, that source of conflict or that source of hard feeling and just and be somewhere else. And that is, uh, that is just not the way God has designed us to do life. Uh, and uh, forgiveness and unity is important. So three problems, general problems, in the church at Philippi that Paul is writing from jail to them to help them resolve. And in chapter number one, uh, he deals with, uh, with the three, I guess, uh, um, points or... Uh, or points of emphasis that I want us to leave with uh, today. Uh, In verse number nine of chapter number one, Uh, and by the way, this church was a loving church. It was a giving church. It was, they loved the apostle Paul. They loved the ministry. They uh, were faithful to God uh, and they abounded in different graces that God had given them. But this was his prayer. He says, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more uh, in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ. Um, Paul, um, his prayer for that church uh, was that they, they loved uh, each other, um, that they loved God. I mean, we, we know that as a given. I, if I was to, you know, to to ask you the question, do you think that as a, as a Bible-believing, saved child of God, that you should love God, uh, the answer would be uh, yes, uh, we should. Um, we we have uh, we we have a heart. We love him because he first loved us, and when you think about our relationship with God, um, we struggle because we can't love like he loves us. So to love God who loved us, uh, and we love him because of that, and that we love through the holy the Holy Spirit of God uh, to God, um, we struggle with that. But then to love people who are unlovable. By the way, you're unlovable. Um, there's a lot about me and you everyone, that were unlovable. God, God loved us even though we were unlovable. Uh, and at enmity with him, the enemy of Christ, uh, he commended this love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us when we're unlovable. We're supposed to love others the same way. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. That's not talking about covering up scandal. It's just that when you love someone, uh, it, uh, it helps you to forgive. It helps you to view them in the way that God views them. Uh, and, uh, and even though uh, we're sinners, Christ loves us. So he is exhorting them to love each other. So a um, part of Striving Together theme for 2023 uh, is going to be uh, an encouragement from me <laughs> to you in preaching uh, and in giving opportunity to, to love each other. And, uh, and I could part there all day today about uh, what that means. Love is, love is action. Love does. Uh, uh, it's an action word. It's, it's, it's uh, When we bear each other's burdens, when we pray for each other, we do things uh, for one another. Uh, and uh, so if, you know, you've heard that expression, uh, what have you done for me lately? Um, when you love someone, you do for them. All right, uh, how many would agree with that? Amen. Uh, it's just—it's not just a feeling. Uh, it isn't just you know um, uh, something like that. We think of you know puppy love or um, like love is is sacrificial. Uh, it, is, it is, we have brotherly love one towards another. Um, uh, and I'm to love my wife like Christ loved the church. I'm, I'm to love like Christ. Uh, and uh, and we, we struggle with it, uh, but that's something it needs to be a point of emphasis. And so uh, if, uh, uh, you know, it's not like, uh, I, I, you know, I just want you to go around every day and, you know, telling each other that, you, you know, you love one another. Uh, and I uh, sometimes that's weird. Uh, you know, I just—it just—it just is. You know, if somebody says, "Hey, love you," you know, it's like, you know, ditto. <laughs> uh, you know, because <clears throat> you don't want to say the words or whatever. And it's like, you know, um, um, and but we understand. We know. We know the context, right? Uh, so another brother, or sister in Christ, they say that they that you know they love you. Um, you should, you know, maybe say, "I love you." I love you too. Uh, and it's and it's it's that's what God wants us. God wants us to do, and that's how God wants us to be. Um, but if you say you love um, your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, if I was to say, I mean, how or, or what evidence is there that you do, um, that's important. Uh, if you don't want to be around them, you probably don't love them very much. And, uh, and so when we do things like, you know, when we put out a schedule, part of, part of our church schedule is for us to be able to, to spend time with each other as a church family. Uh, and it's, it's important. Uh, and um, there are, um, of course, today's a holiday, and last week, and we've had, uh, we've had, we're having the one service today, as we did this last week. Part of the reason uh, is because I understand people travel and they want to spend time with family. We need to be a family-oriented uh, church, and, and so I get it. Uh, and uh, whether you think it's compromised or not, you know, I mean, there was years ago, I'd say, no way. If it's, it's like, let's have three services on Christmas Day because uh, I don't want to be you know, labeled a liberal or whatever. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm a little more chill uh, now than I was in the past. Um, but, but there are people, uh, us in particular, well, I'll use us as an example. All of our uh, blood family is away from here. So when it comes to uh, Christmas this year in particular, um, it, was, it's, it was more about our being around our church family. Uh, and the church family is vital. Uh, and uh, we, we're, we've, we were not designed by God to do our Christian life and run our race um, outside of the confines of the local church. I mean, the Bible is so clear about that. And, uh, and so when someone says to me, I don't need the local church or I don't need to be around or I don't need uh, all that kind of stuff, I know as a given that they have an a, a improper understanding Uh, of uh, themselves and their need, uh, but also of the local church in general. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It's important. And so it isn't just about, uh, again, we don't count numbers here. I don't know who, I don't know how, I won't know how many people are here today or next week or, you know, six months from now. Uh, It is insignificant uh, to me, the number, uh, because we don't, we don't, you know, somebody asked me uh, the question, I just don't know. Uh, how's your church doing? If you ask another pastor, how's your church doing? They want to say, well, we have this many people. <laughs> and, uh, but I'd much rather have a healthy, healthy church, people that love the Lord, that the, the the number of people there is instant. now. Would I would I want our church to be you know a thousand people or whatever a, you know absolutely whatever uh, the Lord does uh, that's a blessing. And humanly speaking, there's reasons why our church isn't you know uh, uh, building a balcony and, and everything else. It has to do with how part of our uh, our theme for this next year in our in our striving uh, together, and uh, and I'll be preaching. Uh, about that. So he says um, uh, that you, he wants them to love each other uh, and, uh, and that uh, his love for God set him apart for the defense of the gospel, uh, that the love of Christ constrained him. Uh, God's love for, for, for Paul constrained him. He wanted to serve God and he said that he might know him uh, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, he says, this one thing I do uh, and, uh, and Paul understood that, but he was telling them uh, that they needed to have the same mind about, about those very things that Paul himself uh, did. And, uh, and so as a, as a local church body, uh, uh, the pastor's desire uh, is for people to have that same view of God and of the local church, uh, its importance. Uh, The that they prioritize that in their life, like as I mentioned earlier for the calendar, uh, when I said I think you should prioritize your life around the church calendar, inevitably there are people in this room like yeah whatever, (laughs) and your spirit's like you know like, you know um, no, Um, but but I promise you that spirit and attitude is way more wrong uh, than than the other. And, uh, and uh, when, when we look at, there's just no way that I will, I will inconvenience myself or even the potential of inconvenience myself by looking at a calendar and blocking off times uh, that are in a church calendar because the church has planned a special event. No way. Um, That's self-centeredness. And it is, it is not the recipe uh, for, uh, for unity and peace not biblically so, uh, and, uh, and I've got no problem saying it uh, because, uh, because those events are prayerfully considered. The people um, who we've invited to come, prayerfully considered, it's for us, it's for you, and it's important uh, that you be there. All of God's people said, Amen. And, uh, and so um, he says, I want you to, uh, to love uh, one another. But then also he says, I want you to live for Christ, to love each other, but to live for Christ. In fact, he put it this way in verse number 20 uh, and said, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body whether it be by my life or by my death. In fact, I saw this just the other day. Somebody was, um, uh, they, uh, it was a memorial, I think, for their spouse, their wife, uh, or mom. Uh, and they mentioned uh, that there were three people that had uh, gotten saved uh, at the memorial service. Um, when, I, when I was in Bible college, I remember I was praying. I remember where I prayed it. Uh, and just outside the pastor's office on our, church, our school campus right by uh, a little mini fridge uh, that was in there and I, and I prayed this way. Uh, in part there was like a um, there was a, a, a little placard I think on the door going into that um, part of the, the building that said live your, live your life <clears throat> in a way that the, that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. And, uh, and that resonated with me and, uh, and having to think about, okay, funeral, I thought if, if, it t- if it took my death for people to be saved at my funeral and to give God glory, I said, then, then, then let it be, whether by life or by death. Uh, and, uh, but it should be that we reach more people with the gospel in our life than we do um, from a casket uh, at a memorial service. Uh, and, uh, but it should be all of our desire to have the gospel preached. Uh, at a memorial service. And I know that we've had people even recently who've decided not to have uh, memorial services for themselves for all the reasons in the world. But a reason to have one uh, is for people to get closure, that part of it. Uh, but also so the gospel can be presented to those who, were, who would come that might not know the Lord as your personal Savior. So you might not be, it's like, I'm not about crowds. You're dead. Okay, I'll just, I'll just put that out there. Yeah, whatever anxiety you have about crowds, you ain't feeling it that day. All right? And, uh, and so let the gospel uh, be presented uh, to the people that, uh, that love you. But he said this in verse 22, uh, 21, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. He said, for me to live is Christ. In fact, he says, Christ, uh, we talked about this Wednesday, who is my life? Um, it's 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 about him so we love each other that's his goal for that church and for us my goal for you uh, as a pastor is that we uh, we love each other and give you opportunities to do that and uh, and for it to be real and, I'm, and I might I just might question it and uh, you know you say well, how do you do that you know hey uh, uh, you know hey I love you love you pastor do you you know just might call you on it just don't, like what do you mean uh, you know uh, and uh, but Uh, It's because it's vital that we that we love. It's part of God's recipe for our lives individually, but also as a church. But to live to live for Christ, Um, he says to live for Christ, he says to die is gain. He knew that and he was torn between the two. He's sitting in jail uh, and, uh, and he's writing this letter and he says, but if I live in the flesh, verse 22, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So he is torn between heaven and, uh, and earth in a jail cell. He's, heaven is to live as Christ, to die as gain. It's better. That's why we say um, they went to a better place, because we know it's, it's better uh, according to the word of God. But he says this, I have this confidence, verse 25, and I know that I shall abide and continue with you all. He says, I'm torn between the two, but he had confidence that he's gonna live and abide uh, and have joy in them, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Uh, he, so he says, it's better for you to be here. God's gonna keep me here. <coughs> I'm torn between the two. Heaven is better. Uh, and he says, I'm gonna live for Jesus and he's gonna encourage them. Uh, to live for Christ. Uh, and then he says this in our, in our text, and I, and I want to point this out. He says, only let your conversation be as it become of the gospel of Christ. Now, I'll preach the the, it's just not the, the gospel of Christ is not the gospel, the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel of Christ is Christ. And I'll, I'll preach to that. These phrases as we rightly divide the word of truth are important. And so he says... Um, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. You ever heard somebody say, um, you know, that's, that, that shirt is unbecoming? Or, or um, your behavior is, is unbecoming. Uh, it's, it's not worthy of or it's uh, in opposition to. It's not something that should be, um, it's, it's not consistent with. He says only let your, that word only there to me makes it a priority. He's saying like above everything else. I'm talking to Jesus. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Um, and so, so he's he's saying this needs to be above everything that you're doing. Church at Philippi, you need to live for Christ in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ of Christ Himself. And uh, and so, um, uh, as a pastor, I'd say, hey, um, you know, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be you shouldn't do that. And then the response might be, well, where's that in the Bible? The Bible doesn't say I shouldn't do that. And I might might come back with, it is unbecoming uh, a Christian um, to say those things, do those things, be in those places. uh, And uh, and, and you ought to do better uh, and live so that your life's becoming the gospel uh, uh, of Christ. And uh, and there is, by the way, um, uh, there's a lot of gray area in there, um, but it's not not as much as we think. And so our, our walk, our conversation, our life in Christ needs to be becoming. Uh, and um, and here's, here's one of the reasons I believe that people struggle with it so much today. There are a lot of people in local churches who are not born again. They're unregenerate. They're not saved. They never were under the conviction of the Spirit of God. They never acknowledged their sinfulness. They never repented of their sins and trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I believe this with all my heart. Someone who never dealt with sin in salvation will not deal with sin in, in sanctification. They will struggle with personal holiness. In the con, in, so God says, be holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. Uh, put off the old man and his deeds. They will always struggle with, with separation and sanctification because they've not dealt with sin in the beginning. Why would, if, they, if they don't look at their sin like it hung Jesus on the cross, uh, then why would they look at their sin as a believer, as something that would be wrong or off or that God would care anything about it. I believe that with all my heart. People struggle with personal holiness uh, and sanctification. Um, if God didn't convict them of sin, how's he gonna guide them out of sin? If they don't think dealing with sin is important in salvation, uh, they won't elsewhere. And that's another message uh, in, uh, that I might uh, touch on. And so he says, only let your conversation, he said, uh, love each other. Uh, and he said, live for Christ Only let your, it should be a priority to them. He said, this is what you need to do uh, and uh, that your life becomes the gospel, becoming the gospel of Christ. And we'll look at, even he uses the word gospel again. He says, for the faith of the gospel, it's not faith in the gospel. It's the faith of the gospel and the whole idea is pointing to the centrality of Christ. Uh, his preeminence in our life, his lordship in our life. Uh, and, uh, and so we are to uh, strive together for the faith of the gospel. Uh, and, uh, and we will uh, we'll dig into that, which leads me to my third, my last thing. We're almost out of time. Uh, and so to love each other, to, to live for Christ, and then to labor uh, together. Only let your conversation be as it becomes of the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast uh, in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Standing fast—that'll be uh, a uh, an emphasis in in the preaching uh, here. Uh, striving together has a couple of meanings. Uh, the word "strive" means you know to to labor, uh, and uh, there's a zealousness uh, that's involved there. It's a uh, it's exertion. It's uh, it. Um, you're, say you're striving for something uh, would mean you're exerting effort. Uh, and, and there needs to be more effort uh, put into our walk with the Lord and our church as a whole. And so when we talk about striving together for the faith of the gospel, uh, there's a participation that uh, is, uh, is assumed. There is a, uh, 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 more to it, putting more of our heart into it. Uh, than we have uh, in the past. It's important, and, uh, and, we, and we want the church to go forward, and we want the, the church to be blessed, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to do my part as a body fitly joined together in and, uh, and all that would come with that. But that also, that striving has with it the sense of contending, uh, contending for the faith of the gospel. Um, uh, w- apologetics, uh, defense of the faith, uh, taking a stand when somebody says, oh, you know, uh, you're one of those Bible thumpers that you go, yeah, I am. And, uh, and here's why. And, here's, and, uh, and we're just like, oh, we don't want people to think we're, you know, we're weird. It, it, they are, by the way, they already think you are. If, if you read your Bible every day and pray and go to church, you know, at least once a week, um, you are a holy roller to them. And uh, so just embrace it. Uh, and uh, as I am and here's why and I love the Bible and, uh, and, uh, and it's, it is something that we should stand fast in one spirit with one mind, uh, unity, doctrine, uh, all of that and, uh, and so he says to love each other, to, lo- uh, to live for Christ and, and labor together and as quickly we'll be looking at uh, our conversation in Christ, our life for Him, our walk with the Lord, and uh, how we're to show that personal holiness, separation. Um, he says that we're, our, our walk is supposed to be without covetousness uh, and with uh, contentment, uh, uh, peace uh, uh, of God. Uh, people see our walk. Uh, we need to live our gospel, our message. Uh, it needs to be, people see it, they glorify our Father which is in heaven. So our conversation, our life, not our, what we speak, but our life that we live for God um, it, needs to, it needs to become the gospel of Christ. Standing fast, we'll be looking at that. A lot of scriptures about about being resolved and, and fully persuaded in our own mind. Uh, unity of the spirit, unity in church. Uh, we'll look at uh, church discipline, uh, being a spirit-led church. One mind, uh, one direction. Uh, the mind of Christ, obviously, uh, holding, uh, holding the traditions, the Bible says, which we have been taught. Um, and and take, get this whether by word or by epistle. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, that church tradition, and the independent Baptist, whatever, whatever, and where's that in the Bible? You know, some of the traditions and the, the, the doctrinal, spiritual church traditions that we, that we have um, are passed down by word that aren't in the Bible, and so whether by word or by epistle, and, uh, and, and I, I like to, to, to quote that verse to some of my uh, progressive friends uh, and, uh, and uh, let them just kind of mull that over for a second. And uh, so uh, what does it mean to strive? We'll look at that. What is faith or, or the furtherance of our faith, the furtherance of our joy? And uh, how do we love each other? How, what does it mean to, uh, to work together? What does together mean? <laughs> Uh, Not just strive, uh, but uh, those words. And those are all parts of of messages. And uh, I've got a a bunch of different uh, texts and and things written down here that uh, will be supporting uh, uh, texts uh, for uh, our theme in those directions this year. So having said all of that, in 2023, um, um, I'm going to encourage us to love each other, to live for Christ, and to labor together. And um, it's, we, under, we, we, we know the score. We know the Lord's coming back. We have the hope of glory. We know we're supposed to live with a godly perspective, and that helps us to kind of uh, deal uh, with life and all the problems and changes and stuff, and we know how we're supposed to feel about all of that. Uh, but God says, occupy till I come. So not just our perspective, but what do we do? Uh, how is that fleshed out in, in our life towards each other uh, within the walls of this church? and then outside of the walls of this church as we spread the gospel, we live uh, becoming a, a Christian uh, and, uh, and try to win people to Christ and, and disciple them uh, in the local church. And uh, so we'll have an emphasis on soul winning. Uh, we'll have some soul winning classes uh, and uh, we're, we're gonna encourage you to share the gospel uh, with the people uh, in your life uh, in, a, in a more... Uh, like just the amount of times that you do that, uh, but with the heart for it to be a, an effective gospel witness, which means that in order for me to have an effective witness to my coworker, I, I need, my life needs to be becoming the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Um, because when we, we don't live consistently with what we say we believe, it's a huge obstacle uh, to the people we're trying to reach. And so there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff that's involved with all of that. So as we pray here in a moment, um, would you pray with me along this lines? I am, as a Christian, as a member of Breen Baptist Church, going to commit myself uh, to loving uh, each other, living for Christ, and laboring together. Uh, I'm going to embrace the theme verse for the year as a part of the, this church body. And wh- however the Lord leads me, uh, I, I'm going to obey Him. Uh, and, uh, and I'm committing myself to that today um, as, as a New Year's resolution. Uh, for 2023, to love each other, to live for Christ, and to labor together. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and uh, and, uh, and our eyes closed. And um, we're gonna have Miss Amanda's going uh, to come uh, to the piano, and we're going to uh, let's just make that our prayer uh, for today. Uh, to to love each other. <coughs> you say, well, I don't know if I can love so and so. If if if, God, if if somebody like that's on your heart, that needs to be a focus for you. How can I in 2023 love this individual who is unloving towards me or is unlovable uh, and say, God, help me to love them like you love me uh, and then strive uh, to be uh, a loving individual. And I'm gonna live for Christ and, and, uh, and that means uh, making sure that I'm walking worthy uh, of, uh, of the Christ who saved me and I'm gonna labor together. and we get involved, 2023, I'm gonna be part of this local church body, not just Uh, as a name, but indeed I'm going to be, maybe I'll be in a new ministry or